New Mexico's governor is trying to abolish the Second Amendment. And on the other side of the country, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has granted a, quote, absolute pardon to the Loudoun County dad who was arrested at a school board meeting. And a listener finally says, I've had enough with screens and teens. We're going to talk about the dangers of the online world for your teenagers today. This is your chance to be informed and get off the bench. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Well, before I jump into the headlines today, I want to just take a minute and talk about the study that I'm teaching in the book of Revelation. I've been getting quite a few questions about it, which is great. And I think the reason that people are intrigued about the book of Revelation right now is because it's very clear that things are are, are ramping up in the world around us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. In the headlines today, I mean, I continue to watch Joe Biden stumbling around literally and figuratively on the world stage. It's clear that uh, whoever's running the country, it is not Joe Biden. And people are starting to really get nervous about where the world is headed. But the Bible is very clear that God has a plan and that plan is going to unfold. So the goal of studying Revelation is not to scare you, it's to prepare you for what's to come. And as a Christian, the end of days holds no fear. We don't need to live in fear about where the world is going. We don't need to live in fear about where we're going because as men and women who trust in the name of the Lord, we know that God's going to win this thing in the end. And we know this because the Lord says it in his word, his return is near. And so our hearts should be ablaze with hope because the truth is, Jesus is going to return for his church. This is what he says in the word of God, and I believe him. But the question becomes, what does near mean? Like we've been hearing this for a long time, the return of the Lord is near. And in short, it means it could happen any day. And this is as true today as it has been since the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And as Christians, we are exhorted to be ready. And so that's the name of the study that I'm going to be doing with you for the next couple of months. It's called People Get Ready, a study through the book of Revelation. I think you guys are going to love it. Uh, I grew up under the biblical instruction of my grandmother, who was a Bible teacher, and she loved studying Revelation. In fact, I think it was probably one of her favorite things to do, to study that book. She was always talking about it. I grew up listening to her read from the book of Revelation and listening to her teach it to her Bible study a group at the little evangelical free church where my granddad was a pastor. And I watched her teach on the topic for years. And as she grew older, her heart never wavered. She was always looking forward to the return of the Lord. And I know because I know Jesus, I'm going to see my grandmother again one day. And I can't wait. She used to tell me that while the book of Revelation could prove controversial for some The Bible teaches us that it holds a special blessing for those who will study it. So remember, you guys, we have an adversary to kill who wants to kill and steal and destroy. And when we study the book of Revelation, there will be things that good Christians and uh, and uh, really upright and studied theologians can disagree about. And so I'm not studying the book of Revelation with you to draw any hard and fast lines in the sand with regard to my eschatological opinion or what I believe we can learn from the book of Revelation, because we need to remember it would be a prize, and it actually has been, uh, for the enemy to divide God's people 
over the Bible itself. The book of Revelation gives us no cause to be divided. Instead, it's a cause to rejoice. And so I hope you guys will dig into the study with me with expectancy, with excitement. And uh, I can't wait to read together with you. Remember, the Bible says that there is a blessing that is in store for those who read the word of God, particularly the book of Revelation. Paul spoke to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, and said, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're going to spend the first little bit of time studying Revelation, talking about some preconceived ideas that we have about the end times, what we hope to gain from studying the book of Revelation, and how confident we are in our understanding. Most of the people that write into me about this topic say they're afraid of what's to come. They're afraid even to study the book of Revelation. But like I told you, I mean, I think we could rename uh, the study, The King is Coming. He is coming for his own one day. The Bible says he will come on the clouds and we can look forward to that. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So if you know the Lord, you got nothing to fear because the Bible says that you are sealed, safe, and secure. And so we're going to study this book. I hope you guys will join me. You can sign up right now at faiththatspeaks.com or MomStrong International. They both go to the same place. We got a brand new website that we're getting ready to unveil. Uh, but for right now, you got to deal with a little bit of an old website, a little bit of an older picture of me. Sorry about that. All right, let's jump into the headlines today because I'm serious, you guys. You cannot make this stuff up. You just can't make it up. Uh, New Mexico's governor, Michelle Grisham, uh, has been shredding the Constitution while trying to strip her constituents of the ability to carry firearms. And she put this plan into motion just a couple of days ago. She announced a, quote, public health order that prohibits residents in so-called high crime areas, including New Mexico's biggest city, Albuquerque, from possessing firearms outside their home. So when she made the announcement, she admitted that criminals wouldn't follow the law and she acknowledged that she's it's probably going to get overturned in the courts, but she simply doesn't care. Listen, or if you're uh, watching this on YouTube or Rumble, watch as this New Mexico governor literally tries to shred the Constitution with absolute disregard for the rule of law. The move angered many leaders, including the police union, who say they feel strongly that this is a violation of the Second Amendment rights of citizens. A city councilor worries it will make the city more dangerous. There are a lot of questions tonight, including if the order is even legal and how it will be enforced. No one right now in New Mexico, and particularly in Albuquerque, is safe in a movie theater, at a park, at a school, at a grocery store, at an isotopes game. The governor's public health order states gun violence and drug abuse statewide has caused a health emergency. It then lists orders, including stating no person other than law enforcement officers or licensed security officers shall possess a gun openly or concealed in public in counties averaging more than 1,000 violent crimes per 100,000 people. Meaning this would only apply to Bernalillo County, which the governor also pointed out has a high number of emergency room visits for gun injuries. And she says she's had enough with children being killed. But I have to take a tough, direct stand where basically I'm just ignoring the fact that we lost an 11-year-old. 
The governor says she knows criminals won't listen to this order, but she hopes the public will and start reporting gun crimes. She says it will be enforced by state police as a civil offense, which she acknowledges may be tough to carry out. The purpose is to try to create a cooling off period while we figure out how we can better address public safety and gun violence. The controversial move was met with anger tonight. So the order that she has announced, and again, this is executive order, executive fiat, absolutely goes against our constitutional right, which says that the right of an American citizen to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The governor of New Mexico says that her order sends a, quote, resounding message. She's not even pretending that she's got any legal standing to do what she's doing. What she's trying to do is say that the uh, the gun violence in America has to have somebody do something and she's going to be the one to do it. And so even though she admits it's not going to help, it's not going to keep a, a criminal from breaking the law, it's not going to keep a criminal from carrying firearms. She's trying to get the people of New Mexico absolutely at the mercy, basically, of any criminal that would have his way. And so uh, it's it's very I mean, these are really sad times. Interestingly enough, according to The Daily Wire, Grisham doesn't display any curiosity about the assailant in the shooting that triggered this unconstitutional response from the governor of New Mexico At the moment, Grisham issued the order ending the Second Amendment in New Mexico. She did it because an 11-year-old was killed. Authorities didn't even know the identity of the suspect. They didn't know a single thing about him. That's a little more than strange. If you think about it, you have to wonder what kind of person shoots a moving vehicle 17 times due to, quote, road rage. Are we talking about someone with a criminal history, perhaps? Maybe somebody out on probation? Could it be we're not even talking about an American citizen at all? None of these questions have been asked. They don't matter to the governor of New Mexico, who is a tyrant and anti-American from sun up to sundown. And listen, I got to think, as we continue to see what's happening in our nation right now, we are not being the, the people in the in the United States of America, by and large, don't want this garbage. We don't want this garbage. We're not voting for this stuff. The people who are in office are political betters and the political elites in this country are doing things that they know the American people do not want. Do you think for one second that the majority of Americans like what's happening at our southern border? Hundreds of thousands of illegals crossing our southern border every single day while Joe Biden sits on his hands and fumbles around to find a decent word to send to say on 9-11. Nope, they don't. And we know that the Democrats don't care about what the people want because it's no longer about what the people want. It's about an agenda that's being pushed in this country. And we have got to be aware of what's happening, be in prayer for our country. This is not to get you guys all, you know, uh, riled up and angry because, again, there are things that we have no control over. Right. This is it goes back to jurisdiction. You've heard me talk about this quite a bit at the show. But at the same time, we need to be cognizant of who's running for office. We need to be absolutely committed to voting and getting out the vote wherever we live. Because I'm telling you what, these are nation ending dictates that uh, people like the governor of New Mexico, Governor Grisham, are putting into uh, into practice, or at least she's trying. The sheriff there, you know, the 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 um, the highest police officer in New Mexico has obviously come out and said he won't enforce this unconstitutional edict 
But this is a pivotal moment in the country. If Grisham's order was a trial balloon, the response from the right has been woefully insufficient. Listen to what the Daily Wire said. Tyrants have always used emergencies, whether real or imaginary, to justify their power grabs. A couple of weeks ago, you heard me talk about the Kristallnacht event that uh, that gave Hitler the rise to power that he was looking for. They looked for an emergency. They took advantage of it. This is why they want the COVID lockdowns to come back. This is why the masks were such a big deal. This is why the forced inoculation of people against their will was such a big deal. I believe that it is the testing of the will of the American people. Are we going to put up with these kind of tyrannical dictates or not? We know that these are power grabs. COVID in the United States was a pivotal moment when most of the country, for a virus with a 99.9% survival rate, just laid down and allowed the government to suspend essentially all of our rights in order to protect us from a cold. And that's the truth. Career bureaucrats like the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Grisham, took note of that. And now she is trying to expand her authority under the guise of a so-called emergency, taking it to the next level. And unfortunately from the Republicans, she's only getting minimal pushback. It's not hard to imagine where this could go next. As uh, as I've pointed out before, uh, Grisham herself has outlined a plan from here. The Daily Wire goes on to say that we can expect a, quote, climate change emergency to justify banning cars, a transphobia emergency to shut down non-affirming speech, a racism emergency to ram through federal reparations plans, a poverty emergency to redistribute wealth. The possibilities are endless and the endless public health autocrats like Michelle Grisham experience real consequences for what they're doing, these nation-ending possibilities will become a reality. So the Daily Wire is saying what many other conservatives and people on the right who have been watching the country, I told you guys the other day, we are losing our freedom in this country one paper cut at a time. And this wasn't a paper cut. This was an actual stab to the heart of our freedom, the right to defend ourselves, the right to carry a weapon in this country is under assault by the left. And don't think for one minute that if Joe Biden got the opportunity to take your guns away, he wouldn't take it. He absolutely would. Meanwhile, some good news out of the state of Virginia. Of course, the Democrats hate this. They're screaming and yelling and throwing their throwing their fists up in the air. But uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin on Sunday granted what he called an absolute pardon to the father who was arrested at a school board meeting after the superintendent lied about his daughter's rape by a skirt-wearing boy. Now, this goes back to the transgender argument. It goes back to parents saying, I do not want men in my daughter's locker room. And of course, the woke left and all of the sexual activists and the CSE promoters in this country screaming and yelling about how this is transphobic and homophobic, and I can't believe what a fascist you are because you don't want a boy in the girl's locker room. Well, Scott Smith exercised his constitutional right to attend a public meeting of the Loudoun County School Board to observe the proceedings. This happened back in June of 2021, during which time a community member threatened to spread uh, uh, malicious and false information about his business with the intent to damage his reputation. After an ensuing verbal confrontation, Scott Smith was charged with obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct, and he was quickly convicted, even though an appeals court later disqualified the prosecutor due to, quote, concerns about the integrity of the prosecution. So the governor of Virginia, Governor Yunkin, of course, uh, you know, Winsome Sears, 
the lieutenant governor in Virginia. They got some pretty cool things going on there. Uh, He issued him a pardon. And Scott Smith was quoted as saying, I'm thankful that the Youngkin administration gave me an off ramp to these charges. They never should have happened. It's kind of bittersweet because I really look forward to winning this in court. But unfortunately, our justice system is so screwed up right now that I didn't feel I could potentially get a fair shot. And you guys, that again, this should scare Americans. Watch what the Biden administration is doing, this weaponization of our justice system against their political opponents. The most obvious one being President Trump. Why do they hate him so much? They hate him for what he says. They can't control what he says. Sometimes wish someone could control what he says. The point is the Democrats in this in this country do not represent the Democrat Party of the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, or even the 80s. These people are completely out of control. They want to take away your right to bear arms. They want to take your your freedom to protect you from a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. They want to keep you from speaking at school board meetings because heaven forbid someone should hear the truth about biology. We've got major issues in this country and uh, we need to be in prayer about what's going on. But I I was really encouraged by uh, Governor Youngkin stepping up and saying, no, dude, this isn't how it works. That actually made me feel pretty good about something in the news today. Uh, I'm going to end today with a question from a listener, an anonymous listener in Arizona. It's asking about teens and screens. She said, Heidi, I've noticed that since the parents in our Christian homeschool group, including myself, put phones in our teens' hands and let them socialize with each other online, things have gone downhill in their attitudes and behavior, swearing, etc. I almost feel like if you put the internet in the hands of your kids, you might as well just send them to public school. It's that bad. Do you have any thoughts on the invasion of technology and its negative effects and why the apathy of so many Christians, even in homeschooling, toward this issue? Well, you're absolutely right. And this goes not so much to the internet. It goes to parental authority in the home and whether or not the parents have the chutzpah have the uh, the respect of their children, and they've got the guts to say, hey, here's a phone, because you recognize some of these kids need phone. What they don't need is access to the internet. They don't need is social media. What they don't need is TikTok. What they don't need is the parents to give them a phone and then just disengage and go, hey, see you later. Uh, glad that I can reach you now so I know when to pick you up from soccer practice. And yes, I mean, this happens in the homeschool movement. It happens in Christian circles, just like it does in public school and secular circles. The answer, I don't believe, is just to take away phones from your children. I think that the answer is to have a relationship with your child and consequences if they do not abide by the rules that you put in place when you give them a phone. And so with our kids, and honestly, I mean, I'll I'll tell you the truth. We made some mistakes when our kids were very, uh, were much younger when uh, when we didn't understand social media at the time. I remember when we first got, uh, I think an upgrade, like the very first upgrade and they said, hey, you got this extra phone. And we thought, oh, we'll just give it to our, our kid, right? We'll give it to our 14 year old kid. And even though it didn't have cell service, she could still access the internet with it. And since then we have gotten a lot more in tune and much more vocal with our children when they get a phone. So uh, because of the way that I travel, all of our children have cell phones. I mean, actually six of our seven are grown. So of course they have phones of their own. But our youngest daughter also has a a cell phone with limited service on it. She can text 
She can call. I can see what she's doing on her phone. Her phone shuts off at a certain hour of the day and it turns on at a certain hour of the day. So she can't access it at all in the evening hours. And the minute I get attitude from my kids, they lose the privilege because that's what it is. It's a privilege that you're giving your children when you pay for a phone for them, particularly if you need to pay for self-service to go along with it. And so I think so much of this kind of goes back to this, you know, lackadaisical approach that we've taken to parenting in recent years, this sort of gentle parenting where we let our kids make all their decisions. But the Bible teaches us that parents are the ones who are supposed to be making decisions for their kids and helping them navigate the world around them from a biblical point of view. And so when we lose control of our kids, I think let's not blame the internet. Let's not blame the phone. Let's blame the parents for not keeping their children's cell phone use in check. It really is your responsibility. Don't shirk the responsibility and give it to anyone else. The responsibility belongs to the parents. All right, you guys, that's all I've got time for today. I'm going to link back to uh, some of these articles that I quoted from in the show notes today. And I'm going to encourage you, watch, keep a very close eye on the situation that's unfolding in New Mexico. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the response of the conservatives. It's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how far this tyrannical governor gets with her decision to try and remove the Second Amendment from the constitutional rights of the people in New Mexico. And so I'm going to keep an eye on that and I'll keep talking about it and keep praying for our country, you guys. Listen, the world might be in chaos. I've said it again. I'm going to say it now. The world might be in chaos, but God's people don't need to be. All right. We know how this thing's going to wrap up. We know that things are going to get harder before they get better. And that's the truth. That's what the Bible teaches us. You know, people keep talking about, uh, you know, chips that are being implanted in people's hands that have your information on it, your credit card, your driver's license. And wow, what a great, uh, awesome um, convenience it is, you know, to not have to worry about taking your ID. Never mind that it, the thing's been, you know, injected into your hand. <laughs> Maybe there are certain, you know, certain circumstances when you don't want your ID on you or whatever. Uh, the Bible talks about a cash to society. We're absolutely moving that way. There is so much evidence, uh, and we don't have time to go into it today, but I mean, prophecy after prophecy that has been fulfilled from God's word, so much evidence for a creator uh, in creation all around us. The Bible is the word of God, the infallible, unchanging word of God. It is the anchor that we hang on to in times like this. It's the lamp to our feet, the light to our path. Read God's word today. Read it with your children. Read it with your spouse. If you haven't read through the book of John, I'm doing it again with one of my daughters right now. Read through the book of John and join me at Mom Strong International or Faith That Speaks for my study in the book of Revelation. People get ready. I think you're going to love it. And I think you're going to leave that study later on this fall feeling excited about the Bible and not afraid of what the God says is coming in the days ahead. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.